Hi guys and welcome back to Getting It Off with Chamaka, a podcast channel centered on straight from the heart issues, discussions and interviews on selected topics and also through the lens of navigating life as a young adult. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Getting It Off with Chiamaka. Something has started on this podcast and I'm really excited about that. So it's no longer um, hearing me either in my bathroom me, or just somewhere quiet talking like at will. But now trying to like meet more people and we talk about things. Um, so today is another day where we're going to be hearing someone's voice. Who is also in the tech tech space making money <laughs> well providing solutions basically so it's not just about making the money so today we are talking with when i was coming i was thinking about it i was like i was going to describe you as you have used one stone to kill two beds because you have literally you're literally doing two different things and you're like providing solutions to issues so today we are talking with mr vincent okay okay the owner and founder of agricole and legit car welcome mr vincent Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) welcome it's a it's 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 actually um a rare opportunity to mm. to be in this space <laughs> and we I, I i'm really grateful for this opportunity i mean i, I can't even believe just after lectures meeting just chat chat now we're here talking about your business and this introduction will put me in trouble it's not going to put you in trouble <laughs> but thank you okay. for the opportunity so um do you have anything to tell okay us? um yeah um co-founder basically so oh, okay. it's um there's this other guy you would have to meet sometime too. His yeah. name is Sam. Okay. So we started uh, Legitka together. Like Legitka was basically our testing ground for to see what's possible. Yes. Uh, with tech, right? Before we got into what we currently do at Agripo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Sam. Ah, we can't tell the story of Legitka and Agripo without talking about Sam. We've been friends. Since 2000 and, um, 2006, from the university. Oh, so wow. That's um, almost it's like your brother. two decades of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine how it's been. So, uh, when we were starting, they used to tell us that um, that having a co founder in a startup is like marriage. Yeah. If you have a bad co founder, there's a limit to what you can achieve. Yes. If you have a good co-founder yeah what you have like what we have now we just believe we're starting okay right? yeah young people they're still we still have more life ahead of us than behind us yes so yeah so there is um there's still a whole lot of stuff to do ahead so it's it's like marriage in the sense that if you have a very bad co if you have a bad co-founder yeah Breaking that relationship once you have started a venture can actually end up killing the venture. Exactly. So if before you get into something like that, just um, remember that it's like marriage. Mm. Having a co-founder is like marriage. But the good thing about it is it helps you go further. Like yes. sometimes I'm down and the Sam is pushing. Sometimes he's down and I'm the one pushing. Yes. Right. So you can never. In fact, you. It's not never because sometimes you still run out of steam. So yes. it's hard for the both of you to run out of steam at the same time. Yeah. So that's basically. It. Okay. So um, tell us what what brought um, about legit car. What, what was the inspiration? Oh. What was the problem that you know you thought about it and then you decided to go into? So it's um I think you you have um you are part of legit car story without knowing. No. So that vehicle we use every Saturday. Yeah. Started legit car. Oh wow. Yeah, when I went to buy that vehicle. Yeah. I got to. They brought the vehicle to me in Abuja here to buy. I was looking where for. Did you, where were 
Where are you buying it from? From Nigeria. From Nigeria. Okay. All right. Yeah, they brought the vehicle to me. I, I was looking for that particular vehicle to buy then. It was used. So, and then I know that um, a lot of vehicles go missing in Nigeria. A lot. And then it was also my thinking at the time, and uh, some, so many of the research we did also proved me right, yeah. that many of those vehicles are resold to people who don't even know these vehicles are stolen. Mm. So what I thought when they brought it, I saw it, I liked it, the price was fantastic. And I now asked the guy, okay, so how do I know this vehicle has not been stolen from anybody? And it was then I realized that there was no fast and reliable way to check, yeah, that. To check that. So uh, I talked to Sam about it and then we talked to one of our other friends and in a couple of months we started developing a solution around our problem. Wow. <laughs> so that's how. That's how Legit Car. That's how Legit so, Car So, in a nutshell, what does Legit Car do? So, Legit Car is, um, we like to define Legit Car as a service that um, enables um, uh, uh, car buyers and businesses to ensure they do not buy or handle vehicles that have been reported stolen. Mm -hmm. Right? We talked about 70% of vehicles in, uh, stolen from people being resold to other unsuspecting buyers. Exactly. Now, when you buy one of these vehicles, what does it do? you might not only end up losing your money if it's mm -hmm. discovered uh, that the vehicle yeah. has been reported stolen somewhere yes. you might even risk jail jail time because nobody cares especially the way things work in so this the country. person that sold it to you is not in trouble with you you might not see the person anymore oh no, <laughs> no. the person might say okay and then he sold it to you but you bought something that was yeah, stolen. Yeah, you paid for it. You bought something that was stolen, and it's a crime. Yeah. Nobody cares. Like nobody wants to know if you if you even knew it was stolen. Sure. So, yes, you're saving people this kind of stress. And then it might also interest you to know that we launched Legit Car. Okay, in 2017, we launched Legit Car as um. In fact. The, the very first version of Legit Car we had was quite funny. There was no way to um, even determine that the chassis number of the vehicle is correct. But now, if you impute a, chass a chassis number that's wrong on the website, yeah. it will tell you that the chassis number is wrong. Right. So there are so many things we have changed, but then that came with a lot of trial and error, yeah, testing. Of course. Yeah. So now, Moving further from telling you if a vehicle has been reported stolen in Nigeria or not, of which we have about um, 1,500 missing vehicles in our database as of today. Whoa. Uh, and we know that is, uh, st we are still scratching the surface. Exactly. Because that, this is like our, the first attempt by any organization to put together this data. Yes. Like there's no way we didn't go for this data till we went to... Um, yeah, there's this data in a lot of places, but they're so fragmented and so um, uh, disorganized that you can barely do anything with it. So we went to the police, we went to insurance companies, we went to, um, uh, we went to um, car recovery organizations, we went to individual, individuals who have lost their vehicles. So, so far so good. We have data from insurance companies, we have data from uh, victims of vehicle theft themselves. So these two are the most important source of our data today. Yeah. So we've moved uh, ahead from um, uh, uh, from okay. So we've added um, an another feature, which is um, um, vehicle history. So you yeah, can so yeah. So you can now see if that vehicle has been um, reported stolen abroad too. Wow! If it has um, if it has a flood problem, if it's accidental, if it has been written off by the insurance company. So there's this thing that car dealers do that they roll back uh, the mileage of a vehicle. So you can also see the real mileage of that vehicle before it was shipped to Nigeria. Yeah. You can also easily tell when that vehicle was shipped to Nigeria and then so there are so many stuff we do currently yeah. that was not in the initial plan and there are so many others we're going to add along the way oh, that's that's very inspiring so you're saying you know I never knew that when cars come in there's, there's um, 
it's not like there's not a documentation process like with all these things you said now like um the day he left the country was coming in from the day he arrived here also i just feel like some of us that want to buy car we just don't <laughs> give us anything so um how far you you launched in 2017 and we relaunched again in 2018 end of 2018 so when we launched in 2017 we just wanted to be sure that what we were doing um or something people wanted so it's not just about solving a problem did you take a break or you were still there ah okay something changed 2017 that bare version we launched was um we were named one of the best justice innovations in the world by hail innovating justice in the hague the netherlands so that took us to the netherlands and we presented our innovation in one of the most iconic venues in the world. Oh, tell us the name. <laughs> the Peace Palace. Oh, in the nice. Hague. Wow. So it was, um, and then there was also the Justice Entrepreneurship School, which was um, a two-week course on entrepreneurship. So when we came back, we had to rethink the, the whole... whole thing we were doing. So it was basically like um, other people more experienced than we are looking at our stuff with a new pair of eyes so we they showed all things we weren't seeing and we had to go back to drawing board and then 2018 we got what we have now wow yeah so so far can you say that it's been good yes because um automation is like it's what everybody wants to achieve with their business it's like people still pay money when you are sleeping that's exactly what happens with um <laughs> with legit car. Oh, wow. So for legit car, you can just go to the website, put in the chassis number of what you want, of the vehicle you want to check, yeah. and um and um and you get your result. You make payment and get your result. Everything is automated. Online. Like there is no human interference at so all. So is there not like a physical check as well? Just that number. Yeah, just the chassis. The chassis number of a vehicle contains a lot. So you know, the like when we're talking about it, actually thought to have like a space. No. Somewhere where cars come in. <laughs> no, 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 And then no, no, there's no, no. like a whole no, check. I can't tell I didn't you. Know it was just my... number. It's just it's just a chassis number. So the chassis number is uh is a seventeen character uh, uh um. Com- is it something character uh, combination of um, numbers and alphabets, mm. right? So they contain everything about the vehicle, like year of manufacture, what kind of vehicle, yeah. uh, where it was manufactured. So it contains all kinds of information. So that chassis number is unique to every vehicle in the world. No two vehicles in the world have the same chassis number. So with that, you can. It's amazing what you can do with a chassis number. Can it be manipulated? So we have, it's one of the, um, it's, it's one of the challenges we encountered when we were starting because okay. there was no way for our platform to tell if a chassis number is correct or not. Okay. But now, if anything changes in our ch- in, on, our, on a chassis number, yeah. we can tell you with about 80 to 90% certainty that the vehicle chassis number is incorrect. Wow, yeah. that's that's <laughs> remarkable. So, um, okay, you've spoken about the challenges, like when you were starting. Do you do you still have like, ah, challenges? Challenges. There are lots of them. Hmm. Lots of them. I thought like since it's automated, you wouldn't. Ah, have... so first thing you should know also is um, if people don't know about what you are doing, they're not going to use it. Yes. So yes, reaching out to people. In fact, um. Ten, uh, okay, five out of ten people that chat with us on our social media um, accounts mm-hmm. ask us this question: Why have I not heard of this before? Yes, I mean, even <laughs> Arab people, the day we're talking, I was like, "What? What are you talking about? Like, like why are you not doing yeah. any publicity?" Yes, and then we do some publicity, but then we know it's not as big as we want it to be because that costs a lot of money which you don't have at this point publicity costs money especially in this part not just in this part of the world everywhere yeah, in the world yeah. so publicity costs money and then for legit car for example we've made some revenue yeah but then up to this point most of what we are doing with legit car we're sponsoring ourselves so it's growing like organically yeah year on year and like last year our revenue 
from this year already have grown more than 100 percent what it was last year okay. so every year is yeah, an improvement of the former one but we know that distribution and getting your service to people yeah. is, is one of the things you have to really work hard on so it's a challenge for us yes because doing that with a very minimal funds mm -hmm. is a problem yeah yeah so it is a challenge for us because i feel like this is one thing that a lot of people should should know and i even feel like um, car dealers should get in here and partner with you guys yeah. and because people need to, I can't imagine driving and someone tell me I am driving my car like, oh, and then like, you're taking me to the police station like and it's, it's going to it's crazy so uh, let me give you an example of another challenge we're facing hmm. data like hmm. like in Nigeria there's no data I can't count how many times we've gone to the police on this. In fact, we've talked to the highest authority possible on getting data. And they don't have, right? <sighs> they don't have. They don't have. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not surprised. I'm sorry. So, that's, it's that. not just about like... Damn. So, what we resolved was that we are going to build the data ourselves. So, that's what we are basically doing. We are mining so the data ourselves. Getting data. If I open our notifications, you see people who have reported vehicles that they've lost for this month already. We have about 20 to 30 this month. Already? Yes, of course. So, the numbers are that crazy. So, do you, do you um, actually help them find these cars? So, what we do, we don't go out and actively look for those cars. So what we do, no. okay. So what we do is we, because it's on our database already. Mm -hmm. When someone searches for that vehicle, yeah. we get a notification that is a match, mm -hmm. and then we can now follow up from there. That this person, okay, search for this vehicle. That means there is a chance that they know where this vehicle is. Okay. Yeah. So through that method, we have been able to. Um, in fact, one of our first recovery, the first information we provided that led to recovery was um, in 2018. So someone searched for a car that was reported stolen in. Um, it was in Abuja, a, a um, family worship center. Okay. Yeah, it was stolen in family worship center. The person that wanted to buy was in Kogi State. Oh. Yeah. So when he got. When they brought the vehicle to him, or when he saw the vehicle, he sent the chassis number of the vehicle to his brother that's yeah. out, that was outside the contract. To check it for I think Sweden at the time. Okay. The guy went to our platform and then saw that it was All the way? Yes, of course. Okay. And saw so it was a match for a vehicle that was very protested. And that was how the police came information before oh, he got the vehicle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so through that we have been able to recover since then, I think about 10 or 11. So, so far so good. Not only are we looking to make money, we are yeah. making impact. Yes, too. you're providing solutions. Yes, that's, that's very commendable. Now, this one is a tricky one. So, right. from your experience so far, is, is there something you think that, that still needs more attention? Do you think you guys can provide that or you're looking at maybe if someone wants to go into the same startup as you guys, you can be like, is it possible you, is it more like a gap that you, you're hoping maybe someone coming after can fill? In the same field, like yeah. looking like um like what legit car is doing. Yes. Okay, so what we currently do now, we we basically we have APIs, which is like which gives um startups or other organizations the ability to provide the exact service we do. Okay. Like we can give them our APIs and then they design a website like ours exactly or. That might be slightly different, different yeah. and then but they search our data oh. <laughs> so we're like building other businesses oh that so you're like headquarters <laughs> so they search our data yeah. and then they have their businesses but their business is dependent on our data oh. wow so can you take us through how it works like i was looking at the features Okay, so um, is it just putting the number? And then yeah, once you put the chassis number, it takes you to the next page, which is um, which is where you put in your um, email address and phone number, so you can search as a guest. Okay. You are not. Um, it's not a must. You you you, sh you should have an account. Okay. 
so you can search as a guest put in the chassis number it takes you to the to the email and uh, phone number page now this is important because in case uh we need to uh, provide you further information we should have a way to reach you through your phone number or your um email address and also for results, we send a backup copy of your results. Apart from the one displayed immediately yeah. in search, okay. there's a backup copy we send to your email address. Oh, too. that's good. And that happens automatically. Like so it's no instant two. once you put yes. in the number? No, once you put it, okay, you go to once the payment. Okay. You get to the payment, you make payments, and then you see the results. Once you make payments, a result is sent to your So you don't have to be on your computer. No, I don't have to be on your job. You may be somewhere. I can be sleeping, I can be chilling, I can be having, I can be sipping pina colada. And then someone is putting in information. So that's the point. That's the whole point of technology. Yes. Right? I don't have to have a brick and mortar business. I don't have to sit here all the time for people to make payment. Yes. So I also want to um to thank um, startups like uh, Paystack okay. and Flutterwave who yeah. helped enable uh, uh, internet payments in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. Like those guys have powered thousands yeah. of businesses. They got a lot. So this kind of stuff wouldn't have been possible without um, those guys who are the pioneers of the path in which we currently seek success. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so amazing. that's how you can see how one business is powering another one, and yes. we are powering another one. That's how economies grow. Uh, so, so when I, when I looked um, through the website, I did it like in a rush, but I the um, I looked at the features and I'm trying to understand what's free vehicle decoding. Okay, so free vehicle decoding. Sometimes, for example, you see a vehicle you want to buy, and the and the dealer tells you, ah, that vehicle is a 2010 vehicle. Hmm. What do you do? Just get the chassis number of that vehicle, put it on our website, it will tell you if that vehicle is 2001 or 2002. So, actually, when someone wants to buy a car now, the body and the interior is not even the, the main thing, it's just to get that number and then check the Yes, the yes, if you get the chassis number, like once you see it, if you, if you, can, if you see, if the body is fine, if everything is fine, everything checks out, yeah. there can be hidden stuff you don't know. Stuff like what? Like it's it could have had a very serious accident that would yeah. um that you wouldn't notice till you're driving for two weeks. Yeah. And no dealer will give you that vehicle to go and drive for two weeks. Yeah, but weeks. then someone will ask at this point, like because when you when you spoke about it, that's like I actually thought there is a place where I just bring in my car <laughs> and then you check what the body parts, if there are any like things that are hidden uh. and and then how do I know the car is actually good aside checking the Okay, so physical inspection is not is something we do not currently do, but then it's not something we're going to rule out completely because okay. it's um so the goal of, of this our service is to make sure that you buy the right vehicle yeah. and then be there throughout the lifespan of that vehicle. Yes. Right. So uh, for now we are only able to help you buy the right vehicle. So there are other things we are going to be adding along the way. So it's always best to, to in this journey, I've learned that it's always best to grow organically. Yes. You add features as people request from exactly. them. Exactly, because you're learning as yeah, you're, so, you're so that's just it. It's not like we, 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 we are going to be ruling that out. It's something we have in the works. Maybe in the next one year or two years we can add that. But for now, most of what we do, in fact, hundred percent of what we do is is online. Tech people, that's that's <laughs> that's a very interesting. So, any last words for the listeners about? Okay, the so um, last words. Uh, um, start. Start. So a lot of people have ideas in their heads and they say, ah, I don't. Uh, this thing is no longer, this thing is not, um, I don't have this yet, I don't have that yet. I, what I tell people like that is start. There are lots of things you figure out along the way. Yes. Right? If you wait for everything to be figured out before you start, you can never start. Because yeah. there is no way you can figure everything out. Yeah. So you have to start first, and then you meet problems, and you, 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 you solve them, that's how your startup grows. Yeah. So if you meet problem, problem one you solve, you grow. Yes. 
Problem two you solve, that's another stage of growth. Problem three you solve, that another level of growth, right? So, that's uh, basically it starts. Okay, so we have killed one bed now. We're going to the next one, which is agrophone. So, um, so when I, I think it was agrippo that you told me about. Yeah, I think first, at first it was agrippo. Yes, and then before Medica came in, and um, going through the websites, it's 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 beautiful. It's a, it's amazing. Thanks it's, to Josh and Sam. <laughs> Oh, and nice. some other people. Okay. Because yeah. it's um, it's it's fascinating how farmers actually get recognition and also make yeah. um, income and everything. Yeah. But then something got me when I was reading through the like about the the whole um, startup and everything. Um, it said um it was more like on food wastage. Yeah. And then. You can imagine um, there are a lot of food wasted, but then hotels and bigger companies struggle to get food and everything. So, what was what was the what was the story behind Agripo? Hmm. So the story behind Agripo is quite deep in the sense that um, okay, two thousand and ten, I served in Zamfara State. I served wow. in a place called Zumi. Zurumi. Zurumi. So that Zurumi now, I'm not sure anybody can go there successfully and come back. My dad was born in Zafra. <laughs> he was born in Zafra. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So Zurumi is a small farming community in Zafra. So we had um, we had uh, we had um, we had um, friends who were farmers from the community too. But the one thing we noticed was that um, there's only this. Market Zurumi market in 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 Zamfara that they sell. Like if they don't sell there, it's it's almost impossible for them to sell anywhere else. Really? Yes, because so two things. There are two major reasons for this. One, most of the farmers don't even have transportation to take their stuff yeah. from um, their from their farms or from the communities to the neighboring village. They don't even have money for that. Second is that um. Most, a lot of people come from the township to those villages to buy stuff. Yes. And the farmers are left at the mercy of those guys. And these people come in and actually price them. Yes. So they price them so low. And because the farmers, most of the time, have no options than exactly. to sell to because them. Because they need the money, yes. They are kept in this cycle of poverty, generation in, generation out. Ah. <laughs> so, when I was in Zamfara, like the prices of stuff in Lagos are almost sometimes more than ten times what we get them what, what we get them for in Zurumi. Wow. Yeah. So there are two things that cost this because of those middlemen. Yeah. And then also because you know there's a logic. I don't like talking about Nigeria's challenges and all. No, there is no logistics and all. Okay. So maybe before you move stuff, even if you have your own money yeah. and your own vehicle to move stuff from. Zurumi to Lagos. Before you get to Lagos, you must have paid uh, more than three times the value of that stuff to people who block the highways with with nails and stuff. Yeah. That you must pay for this, you pay for that, pay for this, pay for that. So yeah, that's one challenge. But then another one is food waste, right? Mm -hmm. So before you go through all this process, for example, tomatoes. Yeah. Like more than half of the tomatoes that leave germs don't get to Lagos. Yes. For perishables mm. like tomatoes, the um, the post-harvest loss is as high as 70%. That's high. Like, you can imagine 70% of everything, everything perishable cultivated in this country going to waste because they don't find buyers early enough mm -hmm. for the farmers. And because those people who even buy the remaining ones that don't go to waste don't transport it efficiently enough. <laughs> wow. It might also interest you to know that this is not a Nigerian or, a, or an African problem. Correct. So globally, about 40% of, of, of um, globe, that's now the global number, 40% yeah. of food cultivated annually 
never gets eaten, they go to waste. 40%. That's almost half. In Africa alone, there are about 300 million hungry people in the continent. Yeah. And then that shows that um, because we waste 60% of the average for, my, for Africa is 60%. Before, because we waste 60% of the food that we cultivate in Africa, we have more than enough food to feed everybody that's hungry in Africa and even have some left for exports. Wow. But what do we do in Africa now? We import like almost half of what we eat in Africa. <laughs> so, there are so, there are so many interesting statistics. Uh, okay, for example, let me look at this. Um, um, okay. If food waste were to be a country, it would be the third largest emitter of greenhouse gases after China and the United States. So for our climate too, so some people when I talk to them about wasting food, they say, ah, ah what's my business? I can afford food, right? Yeah. What about the environment? Like, there's a greenhouse gas called methane. That's 32 times more potent than carbon dioxide. Yes, it damages the climate that makes the world a bit more unsafe for everybody to live in. So if that methane, if if it if 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 food waste were to be a country, imagine the amount of um, waste the United States and China release into the atmosphere. Yeah. And then food waste is number three. Wow, we're consumed then. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it means. So yeah, so that's why food waste should be everybody's problem. Like it should be everybody's cup of tea. What I do in this office, when I eat food and it's left, I put it in the freezer. When I'm going home, I'll take it. It's not because I can't, I can't afford to throw it away. Yes. Because I'm, we're solving food waste here. Exactly. We can't afford to be wasting food. Mm. <laughs> so, right? We should lead by example. And exactly. I believe that um, this should also spark a change in behavior for everybody that's going to be listening to this because it's important you can afford food and the next person can't that's fine but what about the environment when the climate change issues come they don't they don't um they don't um they don't distinguish between exactly the poor person and the rich person everybody bears the brunt of our actions you know, while you were talking, I just, I, I, I didn't want to say it, but I think at this point I have to say it. So back in England, I took work shifts yeah. in hospitality. Okay. So after, after a shift or a flood, like end of the day, um, they would call us to the kitchen, take as much as you want to take. Yeah. But nothing, like, you are the only person taking something out of that environment. Yeah. Whatever you leave behind. Before the way. <laughs> I like sometimes it's not like I want to cry. Sometimes I'm just weak. I'm like, but you even have people among you who want this food, but you rather throw, throw them away, away and, than. So there are startups that are solving that. Yeah, I think there are a few of them in Nigeria, but I don't know the status of the operations at the moment. But I know in the US, in the UK, in Europe, there are lots of startups that um, take food from restaurants like yeah. that and sell to other people at discounts or give out to 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 um, people who can't afford them for charity. No, I think where the, the place I'm talking about now is not a restaurant. Is a car racing. It's oh, like oh, it's like oh. an entire village on its own. Oh, oh, okay. It's in Buckingham. It's called Silverstone. So I'm not thinking of the distance from there to Buckingham. Then to no, I think the the, the distance is really far. So if they already have something like that in England, then that means then well they're trying with their data, but I feel like they can still do more because if you see the amount of food yeah. wasted, you're like. So, so for, for developed countries like that, uh, the data we have suggests that the bulk of uh, the food waste comes from people throwing away food that they, that they don't like, food that don't, food that don't look beautiful, right? So in Africa, it's because we, we don't find buyers early enough, because we don't transport more efficiently, but there, those things are not the problem. It's because of consumer choices, which exactly. we don't have here. Yeah. So yeah, so we have a big problem in our hands. A big problem. So um, how do you get these farmers to sign up to your platform? Okay, so um, yeah, is it, is it just specifically 
in some states or okay so all over nigeria we have farmers from all over nigeria um so we for farmers we can reach with technology yeah we do ads from time to time and they sign up on their own so for those we can't reach with technology we have uh, in some states in about five states people we call farmer agents who acts as an interface between Agripo and um, and these farmers, okay. so it's basically like what you have with banks, where you have uh, account officers yes. who help you uh, create an account and help you manage accounts and help you um, resolve issues if they come up. So because these farmers in very remote areas, for one reason or the other, they do not have access to the internet or they find it difficult to use a platform like ours. Yeah. We have these farmer agents who work with them, who create accounts for them, maintain these accounts for them, mm-hmm. post pictures and prizes for them, and make sure that these prizes are updated. Yeah. yeah. So we make use of. In some places, other people might call them extension workers, but we call them farmer agents. Farmer agents. So um, my sister um, chatted with me one time. She's staying in Lagos. She's married. Mm-hmm. So she was telling me that all her farm produce, she buys them from Joss. Yeah. And then she doesn't. Um, she she doesn't do the road transportation. She flies. Yes. So does Agriput do that? Okay. So um, it's um currently we don't do that, but then um it's um it's something we started talking with um we started discussing with an organization last year. So because most of our uh, current uh, buyers and off-takers are. Um, are resellers, hotels and stuff and are very very price conscious we are currently not doing that because it's going to um, go against our value proposition of of um, delivering cheaper and fresher produce um, to our buyers it's not going to make a lot of economic sense for for us to fly them because there are people who are fly, we are flying them to sell to Will not be able to afford them anymore. Mm. They want to go to the cheaper ones. Yeah. So what we do? Yes, we do. Sometimes, depending on the, the quantity of um, produce we are shipping, we use our refrigerated our trucks. Okay. Yeah. Our partners. We use. We currently have um, Ekesin's Parcel Service as our as our shipping partner. Okay. Yeah. So Ekesin's doesn't need an introduction. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. They are good at what they do. Yeah. I've not used them before, but... So, but then, um, yeah, our logistics partner, and um, so they handle pickup and delivery for us. Okay. In all the states that you have? Yeah, in most states, in most states. So, in places where we do not have them, or in places where it's hard to reach, um, it's hard to reach the farmer, the farmer agents now uh, takes charge. Okay. Yeah, so they kind of take those things from the very remote places okay. and they use their discretion to, to, to ship those things to the buyers. Okay, so do you do um, doorstep um, door delivery oh, okay, or so, there's a particular place that the customer goes to pick their items? So when we started, we, 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 we just had pickup locations. Okay. But now uh, the pandemic forced us to start um, mm. uh, uh, um, home deliveries for Abuja, mm-hmm. and the structure we have for home delivery in Abuja is still on ground, so we can do home delivery in Abuja. For Lagos, ah, uh, because it's a very complicated place. Because <laughs> you're not there, so. Yes, so for Lagos, we do home delivery in some places. Then we have um, this place. Okay, there's an address. Yes, we have uh, a partner store okay. in Lagos where our deliveries go to. Alright. And then people go there to pick or from there, mm. they now ship to their homes. Oh. But we can't ship because most of all, Lagos is basically a, consum- a, a, a consumer state. Yes. Most things that go into Lagos don't come out, right? Yes. <laughs> so everything that goes into Lagos, they don't ship outside of Lagos. Okay. So what we do, because our farmers are mostly around here, mm. Niger, Nasarawa, okay. Kaduna, we are in Abuja. Mm-hmm. So most of our traffic go from outside of Lagos to inside of Lagos and not the other way. So it's hard for us to to send stuff from Kaduna State to the person's home in yeah. Lagos. So, but it's easier if we have sent it to our partner store, from there, they can now ship to them. So all our deliveries now go here. <laughs> That's our partner store. So, um, the, the, these farmers now that are on your platform, do they make a decent 
Okay, so in the last one year, um, we've we've helped farmers on our platform grow sales by at least um 25 percent oh that's yeah and that means they're happy to pay our transaction commission of two to eight percent depending on what the produce is okay yeah so yes of course so that's that's a success so not just the success it means that that farmer mm-hmm. in zanfara state who was only able to sell in azuri markets can now sell directly to a buyer in lagos yeah like it's bringing down the barriers placed on the sale of farm produce by physical locations. So regardless of where you are in Nigeria, you can sell your stuff to anybody in any part of the country. And that wouldn't have been possible without platforms like ours. Yes. So why I said platforms like ours is we are not the only players here. Yeah. So there are other startups who are doing what we're doing exactly. or who are doing something similar. Yeah. So is there something different from yours to other? Okay, so one very important um, important uh, tweak we have done is is, is agripostores. Like it's um, oh, it's agripostores. I mean our partner stores. Okay. So we have partnered we have partnered with um, owners of existing food stores, okay. like this one in Ikeja, Lagos. Yeah. There's another one in Abuja here. Yes. No, no, yeah, it's in Bogolada as well. Ah. <laughs> That's why you buy it. That's another so, so this, the essence of these uh, stores is because of uh, people who do not have access to the internet. It's our offline model. Okay, so people yes. go in. And... Yeah, people go in uh, there and buy stuff. So when you're buying from them, you are. Um, you are uh, indirectly also buying from our farmers because they have an obligation yeah. to buy from us. So it's like our offline model and we are looking to replicate the success of these two stores everywhere in Nigeria in the next 12 to 48 months. Oh, that's, that's good. So, so far we have um, we are succeeded in clean to bed decently before people that love animals will come <laughs> Um So thank you very much um, Mr. Vincent. It's right. been a wonderful. Obviously, you have challenges. Every, oh, every... so many challenges. God, give us money. We need money to scale. <laughs> we need everybody to hear about what we're doing. Yes. Yes, of course. So, how do you? How do you? Um, how do you like publicize? Is it just okay? Uh, publicity. So, we are using a couple of channels. Uh, recently, we just concluded ads on um, Google. We use uh, Instagram. Instagram, surprisingly, has been our most interesting user acquisition channel. Because that's where uh, most of our sales have come from. Um, Yeah, there's also Facebook. There's also, okay, for Twitter, because we we cannot, at this point, afford to advertise on Twitter consistently. So we advertise once in a while and um, yeah, that's just it. So social media is. So you have you have you're present in. The yes, of course, of, of course. We have uh, uh, we have very serious serious in the sense <laughs> that you go there and you can see uh, what we are doing and how we are doing it. Yeah. So you can go to our Twitter address Agripo Ngr. Okay. Twitter handle Agripo Ngr. Instagram Agripo. Facebook Agripo. So, from legit car to agripo, what's your 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 selling points oh. to all young startups <laughs> and then to all like young people like us who are actually looking to make something for ourselves? So um, there's something. Um, so I can't stop. Uh, I can't end this um, this conversation without um, mentioning some names. Mm-hmm someone like Tony Lumelu, he's had a very tremendous impact on our business. Like uh, he, uh, the Tony Lumelu Foundation was one of our earliest supporters. Even before we went to the Netherlands, the Tony Lumelu Foundation came in. Oh, wow. Yeah, and they funded us with uh, $5,000 as a Oh, <laughs> that's nice. Grant funding. Yeah. So, when uh, Macron came to Lagos in, was it, I think it was three years ago, Emmanuel Macron. Yeah. It was three or two years ago. So there was um, a question someone asked when we were talking about entrepreneurship in Nigeria. So someone asked Macron, 
or told Macron rather, it was a comment that uh, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, wouldn't have been as successful as he was if he was in Nigeria. And Macron replied something I wouldn't ever forget. Okay. He says success is not a function of where you are. Words. <laughs> <laughs> <Bad books. laughs> okay. Yes, that with the kind of business intelligence Zuckerberg has, mm. that in Nigeria he would, he would have still created something exceptional. Mm. It might not have been Facebook. Yes. But then he will still create something that's still exceptional that everybody would use. Mm. He said again. That our case is peculiar because we have a lot of problems. That means there are so many things you can solve mm-hmm. and make money, right? Yeah. And we have the people, a lot of people. Yes. We have the population to buy them. Exactly. So those two factors are enough for anybody to start, like I said before, start. Yeah, but before you continue with your advice, <laughs> a young person listening will be like, but the country as it is or Stifles innovation. Exactly. Like <laughs> literally anything you want to start, they just start hanging you and then at the end of the day you just So one good I've tried before we did um legis- before we started um I think this is worth mentioning. Before we started um legit car, mm-hmm. I've done brick and mortar business like a couple of like a couple of maybe two times. Okay. So to give you an example if this if once you put a table outside there that you want to start selling maybe uh, watermelon for example mm-hmm. FIRS will come uh, 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 AMAC will come mm-hmm. uh, before the end of the month like 20 different organizations must have come to collect money from you yes. and not to add any value to your business at all exactly so but we take businesses we are like Tech businesses. You have used um, <laughs> bulletproof to an extent to block. So tech businesses of... like they rely on nothing. nothing. Like they grow out of nothing mm. and they become big. That's why investors are always attracted to tech businesses because the value of a tech business might be 10 million today, 10 million naira today, and by the end of next year you hear that they raised Fifty million dollars in funding, right? They can yeah. go. They can grow very, very fast yes. from zero to nothing. Yeah. So the then it doesn't even mean that they are not doing anything actually. Because someone will be feeling like it's just online, so they're not. Yeah, they make that creating it's value. It, yes. A whole lot. Of, look at the example I gave with Paystack. Like a lot of businesses online now are powered by Paystack yeah. and Flutterwave. If these organizations were in, the, in existence, a lot of people would still be out of jobs. Yes. Yes, because it's now possible to go to the legit car website and make payment while we're sleeping. Yeah. I mean, one guy was boasting, one of my favorite photographers, his name is Beach. Yeah. And he was boasting, like, he, he was covering a wedding and then he receives a, a notification from a flutter wave and he's like, I'm working and money's coming. <laughs> and I'm like, so, so, so these guys are powering other Yes, they are. They are. Anyway, so um, like you said, like people trying to go into tech and avoiding the country. The wahala that like, comes with exactly. brick and mortar business. Yeah, so is it just having a website? Okay, no, 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 no. That's the list of your problems. That's the list. <laughs> that's the list. In fact, that's not even your problem. Like, you know, when you were talking about getting the chassis number and putting it in, I'm like, hmm. Okay, so let me give you an example of what we did to get Legit Car running, which was basically the foundation for what we are doing today. Okay. So, myself, the first computer I bought, I bought it to play games with. <laughs> I never imagined I would find myself in this line of work today. Uh-huh. Yes. So, when I found that problem, what did I do? I called Sam because I know what he is capable of doing with the computer. Mm. And then what did Sam do? He called someone else who still complement the skills the both of us have. Mm. I know I'm a salesman. I know how to sell. Right? But I don't have coding skills. Uh, And I I don't know where to get money from to go and um, give a developer that would build something we have not tested. Something I'm not sure anybody would use. So what did I do? I found someone with a complementary skill. Mm. 
that's the first thing you should do. Team formation is the most difficult. Yes. Once you surmount that challenge of team formation, every other thing starts to fall in place little yeah. by little. Yeah. So once you find someone who has complementary skills you don't have, you can start building, really. Yeah, and it's not even just about finding and then building. It, it goes further like saying, like the person who is doing the coding now. Yeah. The person might get an offer song and then you're stuck. That's why I said also that um, that uh, finding a co-founder is like marriage. <laughs> you can be in a marriage yeah. and your wife will get an offer somewhere yeah. and she disappears. <laughs> oh, so you're saying it's allowed. I didn't say it's allowed, okay. but it happens. This yeah, thing happens. Yes, it does. These things happen. So, <laughs> so it's finding someone who will be there, who is committed to the cause, who believes yes. that this is going to work. Yes. Right? Regardless of what it is, regardless of the challenge, someone yeah. who believes that this is going to because work. Because starting is hard. It's, it's very, very hard. Yes. In fact, at some point, we, are, we use our money to a point because there are so many things coding can't solve. Yes. If you need, if you have a meeting in Lagos, coding is not going to solve that. You can't code your way to Lagos. No. Nope. You are you going to, to fly to Lagos. Yes. Or in some cases, you have to transport yourself to Lagos yeah. by road or any other means. Yeah, that's true. So there are so many things you have to spend money on, but then yeah. there are also ways to work around that. But find the team first. Yeah. So the team is the number one. Yeah, networking team. Yeah, find the team that will help you start building. Yes. Okay, so we're going to end this session with the quote from me that I've taken down. <laughs> and you said, more life ahead than behind. So if you're listening and you have that idea that you want to do, just know that you're not going to stay in your room or you're hiding space and then everything is going to manifest just like that. You have to start first of all and then you have to communicate to people and network. If if you're like if you followed me from the beginning, you know how I started. So we thank God for how for far. Gross. <laughs> So thank you again, Mr. Vincent. Thank you also for having me on this. um, And I hope there are so many more to come. Yes, hopefully. (laughs) So thank you and see you next time.